so much to talk about. If you want to give us a shout, uh, by all means, go ahead and do so. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Find us, give us a shout, a buzz, whatever you want to do. You can hit us up over on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels. You can find us uh, over on uh, Facebook at the Facebook fan page, uh, com over there. Uh, so many ways to track us down, but man, oh man, nobody saw this coming. Not at all, man. Uh, the Green Bay Packers just flat out put it on the Minnesota Vikings uh, tonight at Lambeau Field, and what a game. The Green Bay Packers, they came out, uh, defensively speaking, just hair on fire. 41-17 the final, and I think if we want to start tonight with what we circled going into this game, there was a couple of things that I was worried about that were completely dispelled. First and foremost, we thought Justin Jefferson in that last contest, 180-plus yards, was all over the field. Tonight, after Jair Alexander ended up talking, and and granted, it was taken completely out of context, but when Jair Alexander talked about that first game, the defense and such, and he used the word fluke, and it got out, and nationally, people were saying this morning even, I was watching and listening to it on the way up on the NFL Network, that he said it was a fluke, and Justin Jefferson took offense. And Jeff- Justin Jefferson, five targets tonight, one catch. Five targets, one catch. And he hit an official in the back with his helmet, and he had to change his cleats two or three times. What a day. What a day, all in all, for the Green Bay Packers. Joe Barry, this defense, uh, you know what? For as much as you've ripped Joe Barry, today you got to give the guy credit for what they did. They gave up 346 yards, but they gave up 17 points. They were put in a bad situation early on in this ballgame. The punt is blocked. They're deep in uh, Green Bay territory. The defense ended up holding, which was fantastic, and uh, kept it Joseph to a 21-yard field goal. As a matter of fact, they were first in goal deep inside the Green Bay. I think it was on the uh, four or five-yard or three-yard line is what it was, and uh, the the Vikings ended up losing a couple of yards on that drive. Couldn't come anywhere near to punching it in. They go with a Joseph 21-yard field goal. The ensuing kickoff, who knew special teams would be helpful, but we all said Keyshawn Nixon's going to get one at one point. Goes 105 yards. A touchdown had not been returned after a kickoff since um, since it was Randall Cobb that did it back in his rookie season against the New Orleans Saints right after the Packers won the Super Bowl. That's how long it's been. But Keyshawn Nixon, 105-yard kickoff return. Then Darnell Savage right back. Picks off uh, Kirk Cousins tonight, who, by the way, Kirk Cousins today, uh, three picks on the day. Three picks. His quarterback rating was 49.2, 18-31, 205 yards, one touchdown, but three picks today. A terrible day for Kirk Cousins, a terrible day for the Vikings. And I think everybody had in the back of their mind when the Packers were up at halftime so magnanimously that you thought, oh, boy, what you remember is the Colts game. The Colts being up 33 and then the largest comeback in NFL history happened with the Minnesota Vikings. And you just kept, kept thinking to yourself, oh, God, don't let it be the Packers. Don't let it be the Packers. Don't let it be the Packers. And sure enough, the Packers, they not only came back, but they put the boot right there on the throat of the Minnesota Vikings, held them there. And what a day. What a day. Everything happened for the Green Bay Packers that they needed. You had Seattle. They've now lost two. They're done. Check that off. Then you had the Washington Commanders. They've now lost two, uh, three out of their four. Check that off. All the Packers have to do next week is win. Now, you kind of think that that Packers game is either going to be a 325 or a Sunday night game because that one is for all the marbles. You win and you're in, you lose and you're done. 
that's the way it's going to shake out before it's all said and done, most likely. Uh, although there are some other games that are probably going to be pretty solid. You got, I think it's Tennessee and Jacksonville going for the division there. But nevertheless, what a day. What a day for the Green Bay Packers. One, light the phone lines. Light the phone lines. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Got to give a shout out. We're here today. We've been broadcasting in Green Bay all throughout, okay? We've been at uh, different locations, and uh, we, we've always loved it. We are at, if you follow them on Instagram, we're at the Green Bay House. That's where we're at tonight, and uh, they got some charity stuff going on over here. They invited us over, and, right? A- Andrew, you like that? Uh, so we are here tonight. That's where we're broadcasting from. Inside the garage is a nanny going on, a Packers fan fest, and we are here uh, as a part of the celebration tonight. So, uh, it was uh, it was really uh, nice of them to have us here, and we really appreciate it. Uh, Melissa says, uh, you know, Happy New Year. Stacey, I'm a little worried about Detroit. I will agree with you there. We'll get into that coming up. Steve says that area is very unclassy at the coin toss. Tom said, best football game for the pack in a long, long time. This was old-fashioned, ass-beating, didn't hear skull once today, which, by the way, and I don't know if you follow me over on Instagram, uh, but on Instagram, go to the real Bill Michaels, and you can find it over there. But um, I, had, I had taken uh, a video uh, early on today, and it was it was all purple. I don't know if you happen to see it or not, but it was all purple. And I, that's as many Minnesota Vikings fans as I've seen in Lambeau Field in a long, long, long time. Mike Clemens and I were walking in today, and uh, early today, we were God, I think about. Maybe 11, 11.30, something like that, early this morning and uh, earlier this morning. And um, it, the skull chant was loud in the parking lot walking through as Vikings fans would greet Vikings fans and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And uh, so as we were getting close, Mike actually took a couple of pictures with some Vikings fans. But as we were getting close to game time, I just uh, Mike and I sit about three or four seats apart. And I kept telling Mike, I said, man, I just don't feel good about this game. I don't know why. I just do. I just don't feel like this is this is a, a great game. Like this is something that I, I just there, – there's a concern. There's a genuine concern there might be the best way to put it. And Jake says he saw the post. It was interesting. And as the game began to play out, I thought, boy, everything's just falling right. Now, we talk about luck all the time in the NFL and about how the, quote, ball can bounce your way. Today, it did. I mean, the Packers had everything go their way. Even when the block punt happened, the defense stood strong. And give the defense credit. That's probably as fired up, as energetic, as believing in themselves as 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 I've seen them in a long, long, long time. A long time. Uh, and as it was reminded after the game, one more game still on the docket. You didn't win anything yet. You won a game. That's it. That's it. So whether or not the Packers can win next week against Detroit, we'll get into that. But, man, you just kind of live in the moment. Joe Barry, the defense was legit tonight. That defense was legit. What he did was, and I don't know if you saw the statistics in the first half, but in the first half, uh, Justin Jefferson on uh, a majority of his, his, you know, his routes, he was covered by Jair Alexander. On a majority of his routes, he was covered by Jair Alexander. And Jair basically shut him down. Shut him down big time. Uh, it was uh, – <laughs> uh, I did you see the uh, Doug Gottlieb of CBS Sports Radio? He ended up uh, posting the Vikings dance video, and it's Millie Vanilli. And if you're familiar, you go back in the Wayback Machine, Millie Vanilli got busted for basically lip-syncing, and they were fake and phony. Uh, that is the consensus over the uh, the Green Bay Packers. By the way, um, 
today also uh, to the opposite side, Christian Watson coming back from the hip injury. I watched him work out prior to the game along with Keyshawn Nixon. Now, Keyshawn Nixon looked really good. We thought he would go. Wasn't sure about Watson, but he did go. Uh, early on in the game, he had four targets. Three of them were deep targets. Uh, they kept going deep to him. He had one drop. One was qu- kind of questionable whether or not he actually got his fingers on it or not. But uh, a, uh, not a great start of the day for Christian Watson. And then they started getting into a rhythm where they hitting Lazard. They hit Cobb. They hit Watson. They started moving the football. But going back to the first half, Jair Alexander aligned across from Justin Jefferson on 15 of 23 routes in the first half. That's 65.2%, 11 of which were in press coverage. So it was basically straight up man-on-man. Out of those 23, Jefferson failed to catch either of his two targets with Alexander in coverage. So when you talk about a guy that kind of kind of steps in it verbally, it gets blown out of proportion, now he's got to back it up and walk the walk, kudos to Jair Alexander because the dude walked the walk. He walked the walk, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Uh, we're going to get into everybody over on hold. We'll get into everybody chiming in on the uh, the Bud Light live stream. Everybody on Twitter. Twitter's just fired up today. Twitter is just lighting it up, lighting the house up. But the Packers get a win. They ended up knocking off the Minnesota Vikings in, in big fashion, 41-17 at Lambeau Field. Just a magnificent day. Robert Tanya getting the 21-yard touchdown pass. Mason Crosby. Mason Crosby just before half. He was over 2 in kicks over 50 yards this year. And I saw it was going to be like a 55-yarder. Ended up being a 56-yarder. This is what I'm talking about luck. Every now and then, you have to have, you got to be good, you got to be healthy, you got to be hot, you got to be lucky. And the luck today, the ball hits the crossbar and goes over the crossbar. It doesn't bounce backwards off the crossbar. There we go, getting into the network for all of you on the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network, our Green and Gold postgame show. We are now live. We are statewide. We're on the app. We're on the stream. We're all over the place. So thanks to everybody for joining in and everybody that was on maybe a, an affiliate station of the Packers or an affiliate station in a lot of the parts unknown all throughout the state of Wisconsin. Welcome into the pregame or the postgame show, I should say. Uh, 41-17, the final. The Green Bay Packers keep hope alive. They have done the almost improbable, and they have climbed back to 500. They are now 8-8. Eight and eight. We said weeks ago that it was going to take at least nine wins to get into the postseason. We just didn't think it was going to happen. And sure enough, they have gotten to the point where next, week game, next week's game is for all the marbles. is to get in or go home, one of the two. And it is truly a playoff atmosphere next week at Lambeau Field. We're waiting to find out what the time of that game is going to be. But big day for Aaron Rodgers, 15-24, 159 yards. He had the one touchdown but moved the football. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't a great day by any stretch of the imagination, but it was a, it was a win, and you take it. Uh, as a matter of fact, probably the weakest of the three phases of football was probably the offense of the Green Bay Packers. Packers today, they mustered up 315 yards. They gave up 346 to Minnesota today. They were 7 of 12 on third down, though. The Green Bay Packers just kept moving the football. They were able to get the job done. Like I said, Lazard, Cobb, Watson. Uh, we're all be able to move it. Robert Tanya with the big touchdown catch today. So uh, a lot of good coming out of all of that. They were able, like I said, they were able to move it. But boy, oh boy, when you get that kind of support, when you get that kind of support from special teams, when you get that kind of support from your defense, not only did they get three turnovers, but also today they get the pick six, and that came from Darnell Savage on the 75-yard interception return for a touchdown. You get a Kenny Clark swat, swim, tackle, sack. Fumble, football, and they came up with that as well. I mean, just so many things the Packers today did well where the ball kind of bounced their way. And you kind of thought, well, after a season of, for lack of a better term, a lot of ineptitude, 
then all of a sudden things begin to flow in the right direction for the Packers. But a 41-17 win and uh, almost 79,000 on hand to see it today at Lambeau Field. So good, good stuff. 877-867-1670 if you want to find us. Go ahead and do it again, 877-867-1670. Let's do right out of the shoot. Let's get our buddy Gerard listening to us in Delaware. Gerard, what's going on today, man? How you doing? How you doing? Happy New Year, Bill. Look, there's a thing that you tweeted out, and you said, where was this defense all year? Right. It it started right. You you were absolutely right. And what happened? It had to be the LaFleur of Goody saying to Barry, either you're going to do this or you're going to go bye-bye. It has to be. It, there's no other you logically all of a sudden in the last four games he said well let's change things up or whatever you, you know what i'm saying it doesn't make mm-hmm. sense but you know uh, it, it it and there's another thing next week they interviewed rogers after the game and he spoke about uh jair alexander and he said well he did all the talking and when you do the talking you got to back it up and he did you see right. that's the key now don't forget next week who does who's detroit's big weapon St. St. Brown. Uh, I'm going St. Brown, yeah. Yeah, he's going to have to cover him. He's going to have to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. He's going to have yep. to. We can't yep. just fall back into bad habits and going back into his zone. I thought Walker had probably his best game. Even though he got called on that penalty, sometimes when you play aggressively and tough guy like that, I don't mind it. I don't mind that. Okay? Yeah. The one thing but, with Quay Walker is had he not lifted him up, he would have been. It would have been clean tackle had he just taken him down. Right. But because he lifted him up to, for the slam, as if he was coming off the top rope in a WWE match, that was uh, that was what they uh, deemed illegal. But other than that, he had a hell of a game. Quay Walker didn't have right. a bad. Quay Walker. There was a couple of times he was actually on Justin Jefferson. I don't know if you caught yeah, that. Yeah, he fell. Well, Jefferson fell down the one time. I think I tweeted that out, or else you know. But yeah. Anyway, now think about this. We haven't had a kickoff returner like we had Rossum and some okay guys. We haven't had a kickoff returner like this in 55 years since Travis Williams. Right. Think about this. This guy, he has vision as a running back, and he's a tough guy. And he's a big guy. He's not a little guy. And well, the we last time, the, would like you him. agree, though? He's kind of like uh, he, he's a stronger returner than Alan Rossum. But Alan Rossum was about the last time you had anybody. Of, now, Alan Rossum didn't threaten to take it to the house, but at least he was elusive right. enough to maybe get it out to midfield on a consistent basis. Right, but we, like I said, Travis Williams was the best we've ever had. And right. uh, I don't know, you, you remember him, right, Bill? You remember going yep, back. Yep. He was, yeah, I uh, do, yeah. You know, the roadrunner, and, and that, and, uh, but uh, I, I haven't seen it. And now, now think about this. This changes things when the play when teams play Green Bay now. They're going to end up squibbing it, or if they can't get Now, this guy's taking it four or five yards out of the end zone. This changes a lot of things now for special teams. So, you know, other teams are going to have to prepare even some extra. They never had in the past. They never had to do this. So, you know, and, uh, you know, the the great Bill Russell said sometimes it's better to be good than lucky. But sometimes luck helps you out, especially when Crosby hit the crossbar. (laughs) Oh, God, yeah. I mean, at that point, though, when it hit the crossbar and it went through, I mean, even in the press box where we're not amazed by much, but we kind of looked at each other like, come on. I mean, you know, yep. like, okay, maybe now the football guys are probably hanging around Lambeau. Maybe they went through all 31 other stadiums, and they're finally hanging out at Lambeau Field for a little bit. Yep, and it was great. I tell you what, I was I got up out of my chair, and I walked around. And I said, 
this game's over. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Wow. I appreciate the phone calls always, Gerard. Thanks, Thanks so much, bud. Um, uh, no, I didn't think it was over. I, as a matter of fact, I said at halftime, I, my, my girlfriend Kristen was tw- uh, texting me, and she said, you know, it's, uh, this game's over. Everybody's feeling it. I said, ah. I just, I'm not there. I keep remembering what happened in Indianapolis. Now, I know Indianapolis, not a good football team. They've lost six straight. Uh, Jeff Saturday was a fluke win on that that, that energetic win they had against the Raiders uh, going back seven games ago. Okay, whatever. But I, I still, until until you really kind of felt when Rodgers punched it in late in the ball game, you kind of thought, you know, when he had that two-yard run and they were up 41-3, okay, okay, now we can breathe a little bit. But I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this, when they went on that long drive, that, that long drive, seven minutes, 12 seconds, they closed out the third quarter, opened up the fourth quarter, and A.J. Dillon powered it into the end zone to put them up 34-3. I think at that point in time, I even tweeted it out. I said, okay, that, 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 if, if I'm Wayne, that's your dagger. That's it. That was, that was the one you wanted. You got your call. That was pretty much it. Uh, really good stuff. Isaac just basically says, let's go. Uh, you've got Paul says the miracle New Year's Day 2023. Um, you got a lot of people chatting at, at each other uh, over there on on, on the uh, the Bud Light live stream. Uh, what are your thoughts about the defensive front without Lowry? Uh, that's from David. You know what, David? That's a great question. And here's the thing I was thinking of: Devonte Wyatt looked good uh, today, and I thought you know in, in a couple of instances he looked solid. I, I really I, I got to be honest with. What uh, T.J. Slayton did today, I was impressed. They were moving him around. They were moving Kenny Clark around. And T.J. Slayton, I mean, I put it out. He had two tackles and a batted pass early on in this game. And then he had a couple more. I mean, for, if, he, if he didn't get to the ball carrier, he was knocking the passes down. Uh, you know, T.J. Slayton, I thought, had a hell of a game today. So without uh, Lowry, I thought between T.J. Slayton, Devontae Wyatt, and Jerron Reed – they did fine. I mean, I, I was impressed. I watched Javante Wyatt a couple of times just to see, and he didn't get moved around. He wasn't, he wasn't being bullied by anybody. But T.J. Slayton came in, and you, you just got to give it up. I mean, he had a hell of a game today. Had a hell of a game. 877-867-1670. Let's get back to the phone calls. Talk to our buddy Mike listening to us in Whitewater. Mike, how you doing today, pal? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you and Kristen. I thought, Billy, <laughs> here we go again. We go three and, three and out. I was thinking back to the uh, – playoff game with san francisco we have a snafu on a punt we're down at our one yard line i'm going this isn't gonna look good um right you know it, it just uh and then the the one catch that jefferson had jair wasn't on him they were playing quarters right he was wide yeah. open in the middle mm-hmm. so they, yeah, they ended up going soft zone too in that second half yeah you know i understand it we were up a bit but that's an explosive offense, and Kirk Cousins revert back to his old yep. ways. You know? Well, I said going in, though, Mike, if you if you put pressure on him and get him off his mark, he's not a great quarterback, and they did that all day long. They made him dance in the pocket and throw the ball a couple too soon a couple of times, and sure enough, he gave him a couple of picks. I, I If you rattle Kirk Cousins, he stinks. 
He, he's not a good quarterback, but when he can sit in the pocket and he can pick you apart all day long. But give it up to Hawkinson. Hawkinson was his guy today, seven catches, 59 yards. Same thing with K.J. Osborne. But basically they said, look, uh, Dalvin Cook isn't going to beat us. Thielen isn't going to beat us. Jefferson isn't going to beat us. Those three guys will not beat, not, will not win this game. You're going to have to win it with everybody else. And Hawkinson was kind of like death by a thousand cuts a couple of times, picking up a couple of first downs. But for the most part, you know, he did not have a huge day by any stretch of the imagination either. They really covered that middle well. And that, that, by the way, Mike, Hawkinson, Quay, that's a Quay Walker specialty. Quay Walker's got enough speed to hang with a tight end. And, and that's what it looked like, that he was with them. The times he was, it looked like they weren't playing that man-to-man or what's-his-name, Walker on him, where he was yeah. uh, going through the zones and catching right. those passes. And, hey, good for Savage. I know you – I've ripped them. Uh, I've killed them too, have, yeah. They've had a big article on him today in the paper uh, that maybe he sensed it. And, uh, hey, I think the whole defense played well. I think I did too. I did too, Mike. I appreciate the phone call. I got I got to run here, but I, let me get, let me go this real quick. And Mike Mike Clemens alluded to this earlier this week. Mike Clemens had stated that um, that it, there was somebody in the locker room that was talking about Darnell Savage, and he had said that um, you know Savage, you don't know what a guy's going through, and uh, sometimes you need to. Uh, to, to understand what a guy's going through before you start to rip him for his play on the field. And uh, apparently he might now, – that was the allu- that's what they alluded to. So apparently there was something going on there about, uh, about him. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Hit us up again. 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, go ahead and do so. A lot of people chiming in on the Bud Light live stream. You can hit us up there. If you want to call the program, that's the phone number. Uh, this is from Paul who says, does this win and a win next week do enough to keep Joe Barry's job? I don't, I, I can't unsee what went on for more than three quarters of a season. Um, the defense in, in the game against Chicago. So they played a quarter against Chicago, a full game against the Rams, a full game against Miami, and a full game against Minnesota. So basically three games in a quarter is what they've played because they didn't start playing really solid defense until they got to the fourth quarter of that game when the defense kind of looked at each other and went, wait a minute, we might win this thing. It's on us now. And this is kind of the def- the way things were supposed to go for most of the season. The defense was supposed to carry the team. The offense was supposed to score 25 to 30, and then the rest of it would just go down as this is the way it's going to be all season long. What's happening, though, is the offense, for as much as you want to talk about the, the score – and you want to look at it and go, wow, that's, 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 that's an, a magnanimous win. And it is, 41-17. But remember, the offense wasn't putting it into the, into the end zone on a consistent basis. Aaron Rodgers had the two-yard run. A.J. Dillon had the two-yard run. Then it was some field goals. And then it was Keyshawn Nixon on special teams and Darnell Savage. So really, I mean, if you want to look just offensively speaking, what, did they put up a total of 17 today? 20? Now, they still would have won the ball game. But it would have been a dogfight had it not been for defense and special teams, right? So the offense is still not looking smooth, not looking fluid. And I, I'll tell you this. I tweeted it out, and some people said it, the tweet didn't age well, and I say, yes, it did. I do not understand for the life of me the, the, the play calling. I, I the, the shotgun stuff that's consistent, it eliminates your play action, and it drives me nuts. I, I don't know why they consistently do it. But today it was in the second quarter. 
they went Aaron Jones down the field for 30 yards. It was like a seven-yard carry, a nine-yard carry, an 11-yard carry, a four-yard carry. And he's gashing them. And he, they're churning out yards. They get down near the goal. They get down in, inside the red zone, and they go to A.J. Dillon. And it's three and out. Five wides, shotgun. It's What are you doing? I, I, I never understand a coach the, the old mentality is if you're ramming it down their throats, humiliate them, demean them, demoralize them, ram it down their throat again. Do it over and over and over and make them stop you. And instead, time and again, Matt LaFleur and his play calling stops himself. I don't know why they do it. I don't know why he consistently does it. I don't know if he's not looking at film. I don't know if he's not looking at the tape and getting back to us. I don't, I'm waiting for the unacceptable remark. It drives me nuts because this team was rolling, and he he is the one that killed momentum, and everybody wants to blame Rodgers. Rodgers is getting the play call. That's it. Rodgers is getting the play call. And, and Rodgers has the ability to either either uh, throw or pass or or go to a left or go to a right. It's They're not giving Rodgers this complete autonomy to run the offense however he sees fit. That's not the way this is working right now. And Rodgers has stated it. And even Matt LaFleur has backed it up to say, I'm, I'm calling the plays. You know, Rodgers is like, look, I'm not calling. I like what they're calling, but I'm not calling them. So I, I don't know why it, it's consistently done. It just, if you're running it down their throats. and it, Now, Aaron Jones can come out. Maybe he's he grinds three or four or five times. He's t- taking five, six, ten guys down the field with you. Yeah, you get a little bit tired. Okay, I got you. I got you. I'm cool with that. Come out for a play. But you don't come out the rest of the series. They put him in a jacket. He's all bundled up. He's getting the water. He's off on the bench. I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you pulling him out? You don't have to pull him out just because you have to pull him out. Don't do that. And when you you know, and, and when you run AJ Dillon out of shotgun, he's just not the same running back. You just you you just you, you don't do it. You don't do it. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. We're alive. We're in Green Bay. We are broadcasting live from the Green Bay House HAUS. I like saying that. It's more German beer style, and I feel like drinking tonight. That's why. But that being said, <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. We got Alice L listening to us in Philadelphia. Mike's in Cut A. A whole bunch of people are giving us a shout. We want you to be a part of the celebration tonight. Packers are going to win. They knock off the Vikings, extract a little bit of revenge. It was, I'll tell you this, it, they beat the hell out of them. It was 41-17, but it wasn't even that close. This was a beatdown, and there was no skull. There was no horn. There was none of that crap here at Lambeau Field tonight. It was a breathtaking pleasure. Stay tuned. we got more of the Green and Gold Postgame Show coming up next. This is the Green and Gold Postgame Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Field. We are broadcasting live. We're at the Green Bay House here in Green Bay. Just a, we're like in the shadows of Lambeau Field, just down behind Kroll's, just kind of hanging out. Great, uh, great, great group of people. And uh, Tom and Aaron have been gracious enough to open up the home, the the big party, which is going on behind me, actually behind the wall, which is right here behind me. Uh, that's where everybody's at. They're all back there partying and going crazy, and everybody's excited. And uh, now you wonder if it's going to be the Saturday night game. The Packers and the Lions or the 325 game on Sunday, or could it possibly be the Sunday night game? 
coming up uh, next weekend. But regardless, uh, the Green Bay Packers uh, get a win, man. Get a big win. Um, this was the one that I was worried about. I, and, and let me pause for a minute here, uh, just for those of you that are on the Bud Light live stream. Um, I, I want to get into this real quick. Um, I had said the the game against Miami, when we made our picks, I picked Miami, but at the time I said, look, there's something about me that thinks the Packers might go down there and play pretty well. And the whole myth about playing terrible in, in Florida and such, that already went down and they, they beat Tom Brady. It was an ugly game, but they already won in Tampa, so they, they can do this. And it was going to be Packer weather, okay? So I said, you know, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if the Packers walked away. Now, I, you can ask anybody here. Uh, Mike Clemens coming up today. We'll talk to Mike a little bit later on. Uh, when asked about this game, Mike picked the pack. He said, Bill, I'm feeling something. There's just something here. Now, Mike's here every day. He's in the locker room. He said, I just feel something. There's something going on here. I said, okay. I said, what do you think? He said, I think you're going to win. He said, I may, maybe touchdown, possibly 10 points. I'm like, wow, 10 points. That'd be, that'd be like a blowout for the Packers, right? I said, it's just, it, it just, just something about between Hawkinson and K.J. Osborne and Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook and you start in Madison being a backup and you start to go through that whole list of guys and they were playing really well, the Vikings were, and even though that's they're, they're a paper champion, man, when it comes to a point differential in that defense, I just thought, I don't think the Packers' defense has enough to step up and stop them. So, therefore, if it becomes a shootout, you kind of see the Vikings winning that type of game. And I, so I said, I just, I, I can't. I couldn't, I couldn't pick the Packers. I didn't have faith. Didn't, I, just, I just didn't. I didn't feel like they were going to win that game. And then it started to roll. And then I thought, okay, there's, 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 some, there's some magic in that old silk hat they found, right? You know, there's something going on here. And then Mason Crosby doinks the crossbar from 55, 56 yards out. I'm like, holy crap. I looked because Clement sits two people down from me. I looked at Mike and I went, Kind of like, okay, you, you, you got it. You know, what the hell? You know, something going on here. And sure enough, it uh, it ends up being a, a Packers blowout. Now they got a really good Detroit team. And Detroit, uh, they needed to get a win today as well. And granted, it's the Bears. But they beat the hell out of the Bears, 41-10. to 10, And it wasn't even that close because the Bears put up 10 in the first quarter, and that was it. They got shut down. They were up 10-7 after one. And after that, the Lions just dominated dominated them and uh, it was uh, what, what a what a horrific performance out of the bears that that secondary of the bears just quit we were watching the game upstairs they, they just quit that, and and that's a that's a really a horribly cautionary tale for Eberflus and the first year staff down there that they just had a defense that just said to hell with it they just quit so uh interesting stuff there but the lions they're a team on a roll man the lions continue to win ball games and so now it's going to come down to the Lions and the Packers next Sunday here at Lambeau Field and the winners into the postseason. What a big, big, big – it's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy here next weekend in Green Bay. And uh, we might – we I believe we might be back here. We might be back here next week. Both the Lions and the Packers sitting at 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, Now next week the winner obviously would jump ahead of the ladder – uh, and Seattle, they have tiebreakers right now over Detroit based on the head-to-head, but not with Green Bay. It was originally used to eliminate Green Bay, but Detroit wins the break over Green Bay based on the head-to-head. But when the Packers, if the Packers win next weekend, then they would jump Seattle, and they would then move into the seventh spot, and they would be the seventh seed. And as of right now, now see, this is why next week is so big as well, because as of right now, they would be going to San Francisco 
they would be going to San Francisco. Now, taking a look ahead real quick here, I don't want to go too far ahead of myself, but next week the 49ers are hosting the Cardinals. If the Cardinals could go in and get a win in some way, shape, or form, the Vikings are on the road taking on the Bears. Let's say the Cardinals beat the 49ers and the Vikings beat the Bears. The Vikings would then jump back into the two seed. If the Packers win, the Packers would then be heading to U.S. Bank Stadium. If the if the 49ers win in next week, regardless, and then the Packers win, then the Packers would be heading out to San Francisco to, uh, to once again face off against the nemesis that is, and that would be the San Francisco 49ers. 877-867-1670, uh, Go ahead and give us a shout. I'd, I'd love to hear from you. got a lot of people on hold. Uh, let's do this. Let's get to it. Our, our buddy Mike is listening to us in Cudahy. Mike, how you doing today, bud? What's going on, man? Oh, man, I'll tell you. This was a marquee game, uh, Bill. This was the game that I, I personally, I didn't think the Packers were going to win it. I thought they might might get blown out, actually. Um but I think they played up to their their potential, and you know, on all three phases, and they all three, all, all everybody contributed. And what I liked about it, everything was that the, that there was that vibe and energy there that was missing. And I think it took them a long time, better late than never, I guess, to find their identity. Mm-hmm. If right. they can keep playing at this intensity and stay halfway healthy, I think that they've got a good run. I think though that this season just. I think kicked them in the butt because the previous three seasons, it's like, well, we're 13 and three or whatever. And we got, right. you know, our first playoff game at home and we blew, we blow it three in a row. Right. So I think yeah. that 2010 season is different than this one, Bill, but it's kind of like they need adversity to wake them up and just to go all out at hundred uh, percent. Adversity. Yes. Maybe backs against the wall, do or die type of scenario probably was something else that was a wake up call to this team that was so used to just getting into the postseason. Uh, but they didn't flip a switch. It took them a lot to get here. But week by week, since that fourth quarter of the Bears game, they've gotten steadily better. And I guess going into this Detroit game, that's all you can ask for. Appreciate the phone call. Let's do this. Let's get to uh, our buddy L listening to us in Philadelphia. L, what's going on, pal? How you been? I've been good, man. Finally. They finally put a whole game together, man. Right? All three facets of the game. We've been preaching for this since, like, week two or three or whatever. Just mm-hmm. run the goddamn ball, man. Listen. I was listening to you earlier talking about how when they go on five wides, like when they go to five wides, I cringe, man. And it's not yep. even because I'm scared that Aaron Rodgers is going to throw an interception or anything like that. It's just the fact that you're giving the, the the defense an advantage because they know what you're going to do. You know for a fact that you can run the ball on these guys. They just don't consistently run it. However, today, I will say out of all the games, they made a conscious effort to do it, and you see the outcome. Easy win. Right. I mean, right. The defense, I mean, you got to tip your hat for Joe Barry. He coached his tail off today. He did. And those guys mm-hmm. came out and he performed. So, you know, salute to them. But at the same time, it's not about style points. It's about just getting points and scoring. And we were right. able to do that on a consistent basis by, ground, you know, running the ball. I mean, you, you're going to get your opportunity to take your shots every now and then. But just when you run the ball a good 60, 70 yards and when you get into the red zone, now you, um, you're trying to outthink yourself. You got five wides. You're doing all these uh, stretch plays and pitches to the outside with A.J. Dillon. Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? A.J. Right. Dillon is not effective when you pitch the ball to him to the outside or do a stretch play. Run I agree. North and South. You said it earlier. Yep. I mean, I would just sit there like we have the same sentiments, man. But yep. nevertheless, I'm, I'm definitely proud of the team how they played today. I think they really got what it takes to really, like, you know, number one, make the playoffs. 
and really shock some people, man, because the the NFC is wide open. It's not like there's a real dominant team or anything like that. I mean, I think we got what it takes to beat anybody, despite the fact that we're undermanned in some positions or whatever. But Keyshawn Nixon is a stud. I love what um, Aaron Jones is still doing out there. He had a great game today. And I like what we, how we look, man. I'm just really you know, excited to see how everything um, you know, pans out. But thanks for the call, man. Happy New All year. right, buddy. Appreciate it. Happy New Year to you, too. Going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're at the top of the hour, and uh, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. We're going to come back. We've got another hour yet to go. When we come back, we're going to hear from Matt LaFleur. We're going to hear from Aaron Rodgers. Mike Clements is over in the locker room right now. We're going to talk to Mike in the Bowser Lambeau field as well. Stay tuned. We've got a whole lot more. The Green and Gold Postgame Show. Packers get a win. They knock off the uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Beat the hell out of them. 41-17, and it wasn't that close. Stay tuned. We've got a whole lot more. The Green and Gold Postgame Show. And it's all coming up. Blue 58. Go. Green 18. This is the Green and Gold Post Game Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 41-17, they laid the smackdown on the Minnesota Vikings at Lambeau Field. Welcome back to the Green and Gold Post Game Show. I'm Bill Michaels. We are live. We are here in Green Bay, the Green Bay House. If you follow it on Instagram, the Green Bay House on Instagram. And you can follow it there. And the big party room, which is behind me, behind these walls, which you can't necessarily hear them uh, through this microphone, but they're there. They're back there partying right now. We are actually inside the house, which is a little more safe. But I think next week we got to be outside and and we'll hang out. And hopefully, knock on wood, hopefully, Packers get a win. And we're talking about this uh, Packers team going to the postseason. 877-867-1670. Steve says, awesome day defensively. Jim says, absolute domination, big unit. Um, Aaron says, Bill, how's this team compare to the Super Bowl team run? Any similarities that you see? Let me let me deal with that. Let me deal with that, Aaron. Um, okay. The, the similarity is the energy. The similarity is the locker room. You, you can feel... We were here early today, and I was mentioning that a little while ago. We were inside, you know, down by the locker room and down by the entrance to the field, and there's uh, Christian Watson and Keyshawn Nixon, and they're out on the field working out. Uh, They're out there for the trainers and such, and this is early. This is, God, maybe noon, something like that, and there's hardly anybody. The stadium hasn't even opened yet. The fans are outside. Everything's vacant. I took a picture of it, and um, you kind of you get a chance to, you know, see guys and, and such, and and you know it's like Mike Clemens said there, there's there's a, there's a feeling there's an energy and then you saw the way the defense came out all fired up um like suddenly it's like okay it's clicking now now we're the packers that i see a sim- similarity 100% but i keep telling people that want to go there jordy donald jermichael Clay, Charles, Nick, James. They're not walking through that door, man. This team is different in a lot of ways. The two guys remaining, you basically have Aaron Rodgers and Mason Crosby. Those guys remember it. Randall Cobb wasn't here. He came the year after, remember. As a matter of fact, Randall Cobb made his Packers debut the first game, the first play of the game after they won the Super Bowl against the New Orleans Saints, he took the opening kickoff back for a touchdown. That's the last time we've had a touchdown at Lambeau Field for a return. So there's a lot of things that are similar, yes, because you're starting to get a little bit luck. 
boy, if Christian Watson and Keyshawn Nixon came out of this game completely unscathed. Now, I don't know if you noticed this, and I tweeted it out. Aaron Rodgers on the one ball that floated to Christian Watson, he went deep, and it was just a little underthrown. It's because as he went through the follow-through, that hand hit a helmet again, and he was holding that hand uh, just before half. He was holding that hand that I tweeted it out. I said, this is something we're going to have to watch. Hopefully he didn't damage that thumb, but he was holding that hand. And I thought, oh, God, here you go. You just start to get on track. You just start to feel good, then you re-injure the hand. So we'll see if he did, if he mentions it in the, in the postgame uh, commentary. But other than that, there, there's not a lot of similarities between these teams. What you've got is that was a team that had been together a few years. They'd started to grow up together. They came together. at A.J. Hawk, the best year out of A.J. Hawk, remember. And then they were going to make that trade for Marshawn Lynch with Buffalo, and they didn't do it because Ted wouldn't give up A.J. Hawk because Buffalo wanted A.J. Hawk as well, and Ted said, nah, I need him. And then sure enough, all the guys like Frank Zombo and such, those all, all those guys started going down, those linebackers, and they needed A.J. He needed to be the play caller in the middle. And he had the best season of his career that year. And then Clay stayed healthy, and Clay was a beast. Remember they had Green? Uh, Kevin Green was their, their coach, one of their linebacker coaches, and he was the guy that went over. He was the rah-rah guy, man. you got to go get me the ball. It's time to go get the ball. And then he got Clay jacked up. They got the ball. Remember that? They, they, there was something special about that group. And then Charles giving that speech, if the president doesn't want to come, come and see us, then let's go see him. They don't have that guy on this team. They don't have that leader. That's what they're missing. Now, maybe that becomes something – Maybe you see somebody step up, but Jair can do a little talking, but he's not that guy. Devondre Campbell could be. He could be. Quay Walker's he's a rookie. He's not that guy. Kenny Clark's not outspoken. Kenny Clark, that'd be stepping way out for Kenny Clark. Maybe Adrian Amos getting guys together. Maybe now that Darnell Savage is back and seems that that was another conversation quiet behind the scenes that whatever was going on with Darnell, he got the start. And he re, he went to the coaches and said, okay, give me a shot. Give me a shot. And he earned that spot. Rudy Ford gets pulled out last week against Tariq Hill. They put uh, Darnell back in. Savage ends up playing pretty well, right? Welcome back, Darnell Savage. Boom. First start back. Bam. Pick six. It seems like there's that, okay, I want to prove myself today. You know? But I don't know that this team has that. They have a veteran left tackle. Zach Tom, I thought, played pretty well today. There was only once or twice because uh, uh, Josh Nyman, coming back from that injury, didn't look good. So they put Zach Tom back in. And Zach Tom got backed up one time. I'll tell you this, David Bakhtiari, for his first time back, looked really good. But there was one play. Uh, it was a – they ran, you know, again, one of those outside runs that they're running to uh, Aaron Jones. And David Bakhtiari got his ass handed to him. He was on skates, man. He got backed up right into Aaron Jones. Other than that, he looked really good. So the offensive line seems to be playing pretty well. You know, today you saw really good blocking out of Josiah DeGuara. Uh, he got a couple of big blocks. Also, Robert Tanya and a couple of nice blocks. Mercedes Lewis, man, on a couple of outside blocks today. Just, just motoring people down. So maybe it's coming together in that sense, but I still don't have the trust in this offense. You don't have James Jones. You don't have Greg Jennings. You don't have Donald Driver. You don't have Jordy Nelson. You don't have those guys. You got Christian Watson, who may or may not catch a pass. You got Romeo Dobbs, who, eh, you know. You got Randall Cobb, who's a great comeback guy, and he's going to move the chains for you, but he's not down. He's not, he's, not, he's not opening things up. He's not burning away from anybody. He's not catching a ball in a 50-50 at the apex. He's not that guy, you know. Got Alan Lazard, 
People keep telling me about Alan Lazard. Alan's this, Alan's that. He's a great route runner. Okay. But he's a guy. He's he's not he's not Jordy on a back shoulder. He's not Greg on a I not only can he get it at the apex, but he can then catch it and go. He's not the over the shoulder of the guy that lets it drop into the breadbasket or goes up and gets it with his hands and just keeps on running. He's not that guy. So the Packers have similarities because they get a little bit of luck. They're starting to peak at the right time. They're starting to feel kind of good. But, and, they're, it's it's not the same. What it's going to take for this team is everything to really come together and really gel. They can't afford mistakes. You know, you get into the postseason and you have another special teams gaffe like you had today. No. You're not going to win games that way. You, you're going to have – if you do go to San Francisco, you've got a hell of a – a hell of a defense you're going to be playing against. But let's not get ahead of ourselves, right, because you got Detroit, and Detroit is no slouch. And I normally you chalk up Detroit at the end of the season, you go, bloop, no big deal. Detroit, Lambeau Field, not a big deal. But it's a big deal. It's a big game. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. 877-867-1670. Um, let's do this. Aaron Rod- let's take a listen to Aaron Rodgers real quick. Aaron Rodgers at the podium. Let's take a listen to what Aaron Rodgers had to say with the media. This is Aaron Rodgers talking now. There you go. Aaron Rodgers after the ball game. Some things that he said there. And I thought it was interesting because a lot of it was uh, him. I'm playing well. I believed. I did this. I did that. And a, and a lot of this has to go back to the, the questions of when did you believe it? How much did you believe it? Who cares? That stuff's great for, for backstories, and I know that there's stories to be written for all of this. Who cares? The bottom line is that Rodgers had said, he said, hey, when we were 3-6, and six, I knew it was going to take nine wins to get in. We've been talking about that. You and I have been talking about that. We said it was going to be nine wins. Nine, nine wins. It's probably going to get you into the postseason. Okay? So that was the goal. So Rodgers sitting there at 3-6 and six going, we need six. We need six more wins. We got to get there, okay? And, and then he talked about momentum, and he said he talked about scrapping, and and guys are finally starting to gain momentum, and they're starting to scrap a little bit. And I, I did like the fact that he said, "You people, hey, I'm one of them. I'll, I'll, I always call people out. I'll stand up and say I'm one of the first. I said right after the Detroit game, that's your dagger. Season's done." This was a three and six craptastic team that wasn't worth our time other than to just wait for the season to end and what are they going to do in the postseason when it comes to personnel changes and the offseason when it comes to personnel changes and draft and everything else. I was one of them. I'm, I'm caught up in the excitement. I've, I've, ten times I've admitted it for all of you that want to have something to say or whatever. That's fine. Okay. It's, it's been there, done that. I agree. Sometimes you just need momentum. You need something to click. And like he said, it was all of a sudden Christian started to click and Romeo started to click and Randall was coming back and playing good. He got Bach back. And things started to kind of feel good. That's all it is. And then even he said, I had no idea Keyshawn Nixon was like this. Even Aaron Rodgers, who who wants to be involved in some of the, you know, personnel moves and stuff, he said, I had no idea. No idea. So... Aaron Rodgers after the ball game. We got a lot more to get to. We got Keyshawn Nixon. We're going to hear from Matt Lafleur. We're going to hear from Mike Clemens. We're going to hear from you. We're going to hear from. We are broadcasting live with the Green Bay House here in Green Bay. Love it. Love it. Good stuff today. 
and uh, enjoying ourselves. Thanks to uh, thanks to them for inviting us here, Tom and Aaron, for bringing us into their home and, and allowing us to party with all their friends that are behind us right now. But uh, what a great time up here. They're doing some charitable stuff here today as well. They had an auction going on. We might even be back here again next week. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe we'll just throw a big-ass party next week. 877-867-1670. Let's do this. We're going to step out, take a quick break, and come back. Got a lot more of the Green and Gold Post Game Show. Brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. We'll be right back. This is the Green and Gold Post Game Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Packers just blow out and whoop up on the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota goes home 41-17, and the game wasn't even that close. And uh, go back into the locker room now. Uh, Keyshawn Nixon, just a little while ago, after that big return, first time since Randall Cobb did it in 2011 to open up the season against the uh, New Orleans Saints, Keyshawn Nixon uh, talking to the media. I want to take a listen to this. Go ahead. There you go. That's Keyshawn Nixon talking to the media. Let's do this. First of all, uh, some interesting words coming out of the Packers locker room. Jair Alexander had this to say, quote, tell Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless they need to watch what they do when they talk about me. You feel me? They need to watch what they put out there, talking about he's a good corner. I'm a great corner. And he's wearing the oversized Packer hat. Walk in the walk. Now he's still got another week to go before in the postseason, but at least walk in the walk. I like it. I like the I like the swagger the team's starting to gain right now. Uh, we're going to step out, take a quick break, come back. That was Keyshawn Nixon. When we come back, we're also going to hear from uh, from Matt Lafleur. Matt Lafleur addressing the media now. You're going to get that when we come back. Stay tuned. Green Go Post Game Show live here. We are in Green Bay at the Green Bay House is where we're at. Packers going to win 41 seventeen. Knock off the Minnesota Vikings. They live to fight another day. One more to go, and they'll find themselves in the postseason. We got more coming up right after. This is the Green and Gold Post Game Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. They knock off the Minnesota Vikings. Still no word as of right now as to what the schedule is going to be next week. Still waiting to find out. We know that a lot of games, um, you know, are going to have some playoff implications. So we'll have to wait and see exactly what happens there. But nevertheless, the Green Bay Packers uh, playing for their postseason lives next week against the uh, the Detroit Lions, who are going to come into Lambeau Field after having beaten the Green Bay Packers earlier this year. Remember the Packers, though, they had uh, – a couple of red zone picks by Aaron Rodgers. One was a downfield bomb that put him into the uh, red zone as well. That got picked off. So had it not been for the turnovers and really kind of just the, the disjointed offense, Packers still had a good shot at winning that ball game. Let's not forget that because the defense didn't give it up. It was more so the offense. It just didn't play well in that contest. You got to have a little bit, even though right now, hey, the, the Lions are a good football team. They're coming into Lambeau Field with a head of steam. Look out. But remember, that last game, even though they lost that last game, 
I think uh, in playing probably as bad as you could possibly play and still coming close to at least having an opportunity to win that ball game has to bode well mentally, at least for the Green Bay Packers, not to mention the momentum that they have coming into this contest also. Uh, Matt LaFleur at the podium. Let's take a listen and drop it in. Here we go, Matt LaFleur. There you go. That's Matt LaFleur. Let's do this. We're going to break away. We're going to come back. Mike Clemens, I'm uh, getting word live over inside Lambeau Field. We're going to talk to Mike when we come back right after this. Stay tuned. Packers get a win 41-17. They ended up knocking off the Minnesota Vikings. And really, to be honest with you, it wasn't even that close. So we're brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. They're the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. Final segment, Green and Gold Postgame Show. Mike Clemens coming up next. This is the Green and Gold Postgame Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Minnesota Vikings, and really it wasn't even that close, as Matt LaFleur stated. Uh, I can't remember the last time you've been a part of a game in which every phase of the team, uh, offense, defense, and then special teams all scored, but that's what happened at Lambeau Field. In the meantime, we now uh, go over to our guy, Mike Clemens, standing by. And, and you know, Mike, I mean, what a first and foremost, what a game. And, uh, and, and just, you know... <laughs> Man, what an opportunity for the Packers. Uh, we're, uh, let's do this. We just lost Mike. We'll get Mike back on the line coming up here momentarily, so stay tuned for that. We'll get Mike in here in just a second uh, coming out of the locker room. But uh, I want to go back to something that Aaron Rodgers had talked about, and a couple of people had actually mentioned this when all the writers and, and, and media people were asking about um, about uh, you know belief. Um What's past is past. About when you started to believe, when you started to think, when you started to to know that there was something here that you could possibly kind of, you know, kind of glom onto. It doesn't matter. Uh, the bottom line was at three and six, you knew you needed nine wins to get into the postseason. You had to win six, uh, six more games, and you looked terrible in doing so. I like we had talked about. Go back to that Detroit game. The Detroit game was. It, it was it was awful. It was a, it was a terrible terrible game. It was a game in which we thought, okay, that's the beginning of the end, and the rest of the season is just going to be to find out how the young guys are going to progress and at what point you put Jordan Love in. And <clears throat> excuse me, Rogers had basically said, look, when Christian Watson started to develop, Romeo Dubs started to develop. That's when he became kind of a believer, and he started to think maybe there's something here. Um, by the way, for those asking, Philadelphia. Gets the number one. So, yeah, let's do this. I was going to go into the uh, scenarios, but let's do this. We got Mike Clemens over at Lambeau Field down by the locker room. Uh, so, Mike, boy, uh, a lot to nosh on in this game because this was just a butt whooping, something that even when you and I were driving up today, I said I didn't have a good feeling. On Friday, you thought the Packers would win, but I don't think you saw this coming. No, I didn't. What I thought I would see was a more coordinated uh, defensive back from the Green Bay Packers, certainly the one happened uh, in week one, and it's just because you saw growth in that area over the last month. I also saw people flying around from the start. Now, that part you saw today, right? You saw Green Bay yeah. Packers flying around, yeah. and the energy at the stadium at Lambeau today, right up from the start, was there, and then they just kept feeding that fuel in the first quarter with, you know, picks and kick returns and all that. So, first thing is this is Kirk Cousins. 
Uh, man, his quarterback rating was 49. Uh, know, he threw three picks, you know. Um, he, at one point, he had the biggest gain in the uh, on the ground for them with, an, uh, I think, a 19-yard run because the Packers linebackers and defensive front did a very good job of recognizing what gaps that they like to hand the ball off to Delvin Cook. So Cousins now, who's, you know, they've clinched the division, but he talked about what this kind of loss means to the Vikings. You know, whether you win or lose, um, you want to play at a high level and you want to be process focused and have your process be really strong. And, and so in, um, I think three of our four losses, you know, the, 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 the performance was not strong enough. And Connor, do we have, uh, do we have that file the footage there of, uh, Kirk Cousins? I think this is appropriate right here to play right here. Here's some Kirk Cousins for us all. Yeah, I, I got that. He was saying that to the Packer fans, Bill. That's what he oh, said. Okay. Oh my goodness, yeah. That's, that's, that's what, yeah, exactly. He was a, he was he was asking asking them if they approved, and obviously yeah, Packers fans did, no doubt. Hey, uh, sure. the the one thing with this uh, this Vikings team, they did to to their you know discredit, or if you want to call it that, uh, they ended up losing a couple of guys today. A couple of their offensive linemen, their center went down early on, uh, like in the first or second series of this ball game. They were without him. They obviously had a couple of offensive line issues that they needed to shore up, and the Packers took advantage of it by putting pressure on Kirk Cousins. Yeah, and when I, hey, by the way, when I was leaving the Packers' now empty locker room, uh, the Vikings were waiting for one guy, and he was still in uniform. It's number 12, and I look back at his back. It's Mullins, Nick Mullins. And so that means usually when they take him back to that other end from the visitors over there, it's like a, a quick X-ray or something, or maybe an evaluation for a concussion, whatever. Nick, add him to their injury list, their backup quarterback who came in when the game was out of hand. But, yeah, Kevin O'Connell comes up there tonight and, and talks about the fact that not only did they lose their right tackle in this, but their backup a center going in tonight's game broke his left ankle. Uh, Austin Schlotman um, did uh, indeed suffer a uh, fibula fracture uh, in his uh, left ankle. We'll hopefully get some positive news coming out of the MRI, but that looks like a pretty significant injury for him, which is very unfortunate just how he stepped in and uh, been very uh, reliable for us and, and, and really helped us as an offense kind of withstand losing uh, Garrett Bradbury for a few weeks here. And then Brian O'Neill uh, sustained a calf muscle injury. Um, we ruled him out, and he'll have an MRI. We'll just see how he's, uh, you know, it all be it all be determined by that MRI, the severity, and a timetable. I'll keep you guys posted. Very disappointed in our performance uh, today, both as players and coaches. I, I thought uh, some of the plays that were there to be made, we didn't make. You can't come up here and turn the ball over, directly lead to points, give up a hundred-yard kick return, and. And uh, even when we did get some defensive stops and or that block punt early on, we weren't able to do uh, enough with those opportunities. I, which uh, I agree. I mean, uh, on the other hand, Mike, give the Packers defense credit. They, they gave them the ball, the, the special teams did, on the one-yard line. And the Vikings lost yardage trying to punch it into the end zone. I, I thought that was a huge stand in this ball game. The offense didn't do a whole lot really till the second half. But boy, oh boy, when you can score in every phase and special teams and defense and get turnovers. And Kenny Clark, I thought I had a good day. Slayton, I thought I had a good day. The defensive backs, I thought I had a really, really good day. And then Jair had a magnificent day. Uh, boy, you talk about an all-around team win. This was an exciting one. If the defense 
and particularly in that loss week one to the Vikings, if the defensive players are not on the same page with, with Joe Barry's defense, or if, in fact, Barry's scheme back there was incorrect and wrong and, you know, and, and uh, handcuffed some of his players, tonight, for that stop for the Packers' defense to make that on a short field like that early in the game. But the other thing is the effort. Like I said, something, a, flip, a switch was flipped in the fourth quarter in Chicago, and they've mm-hmm. now been playing at a different level. The people are more accountable with the level and emotional player. Jair Alexander has been kind of emotional leader. Now, he didn't say much, I guess, in the, in the meetings, except on Friday. We talked to Rasul Douglas. By the way, Jair just did a press conference with a giant Packer cap on. It's like <laughs> Bozo the Clown size. Right. I say, as if to say he's got a big head. But here's what we talked to Rasul Douglas about OG, Jerry Gray, the secondary coach, uh, for about a minute here. And about Jair was pretty much quiet all week. First, he ain't say nothing all week. He ain't really talk to nobody. And then uh, Friday, it was Friday? Yeah, Friday, Saturday, we was in here in the hot tub. Did OG cuss y'all out before the game today? Nah. OG ain't say nothing. OG still ain't say nothing. I don't even know where OG at right now. <laughs> I don't know where OG at. Rasul, besides three picks, he had a lot of defensive passes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looked like everybody in your gang in the back end pretty much knew what was coming out of these women. How prepared did you feel tonight as a group? Oh, no, we was, we was extremely prepared, over, overly prepared. We've been talking all week. We've been in the group chat, going over every route. We've been uh, showing each other routes, how we're going to play, how we're going to do it. And we've been talking about it. We've been going through walkthroughs on our own. Figuring out, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is how you see it. This is how I see it. We know how to play it. And today is your really team now compared to four weeks ago. You're four and eight. Yeah, we're not, we're not the same team we was then. How, how did your prep show early in the game? I mean, three straight three and outs to start the game. You get a pick on the fourth drive. I mean, how much does that momentum carry throughout? Uh, it was good. We needed that. And then we also needed that kick return from Key. That shit right there. Boy, I tell you what, when you, you talk about Rasul Douglas, Mike, uh, today that uh, secondary had 10 passes defended. What I counted was 11 quarterback hits or hurries, obviously two sacks, three picks. Uh, they, they had a forced fumble today. They had a fumble recovery. I mean, it, it just, it, what what a day defensively. This is kind of what we were hoping for all season long, man. Yeah, I, I didn't even know about those numbers, quite frankly. And that just shows you, you went at the strength of the Vikings. You went at the strength of the Vikings. You attacked a, a high potent uh, offense with lots of weapons and just shredded it, shredded it. And that's going to mess with yeah. the confidence of that team, I think. And also, apparently, the Packers watched some tape of when you know the, the Vikings have had a bad a bad half or or so, or like even when they lost or had that you know trailed by thirty some points against the Colts. One other key point is this. You know, you know how much we talked about the zone defense that they were in when Justin Jefferson was cutting them up? Yeah. Adrian Amos says, he was asked, so were you like in more in man tonight? And he goes, no, no, we were in a zone. We've changed the rules, and, and everybody is now following those rules. So, you know, it's got to do with prep. It's got to do more with Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday with 25-year-old defensive backs. Really, Just like Rasul just said there, you've got guys now into it texting each other hey what about this what about this asking questions being more mentally prepared so when the vikings came to the line tonight they knew what the play was mike good stuff happy new year i'll see you over lambo in just a short bit pal okay thank you bill there you go mike clemens good stuff
Thanks to, uh, thanks to our friends here at the Green Bay House, Tom and Aaron. They have been so gracious to allow us to come into their home. And for everybody that's next door that's just partying and enjoying the uh, the victory over the, Green, over the uh, Minnesota Vikings, Green Bay Packers fans here tonight. One more time before a crowd of 78,190 to see it at Lambeau Field. It was the Green Bay Packers 41, the Minnesota Vikings 17. We're back at it again next week. We will be on the air tomorrow, so we're not taking any days off. And to everybody that pays attention on the live stream, that listens to us over the air, on the app, the podcast, on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google, websites, Facebook, whatever the hell you can absorb us on, thank you so much, and thank you, and hopefully we have all together a happy, happy New Year.